0: Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. Well, good morning, good people. And so today we're continuing in our series uh, based upon tough statements or tough sayings uh, from Jesus. Things that he said that really have just kind of changed and transitioned the trajectory of history. And so I won't be before you long, but I just want to share out of the abundance of what God has spoken in his word this morning with you guys. And then we'll have an application point and we'll go home. And so, you know, I'm always talking about culture here. I'm always talking about the way that we're supposed to stand against culture. And as Christians, we're supposed to stand out and we're supposed to be different. And if we're going to stand out and be different, it has to start with us. Right. I think oftentimes we want to impact the world. We want to change the world. We want to change other people's behaviors or things, not necessarily other people's behaviors, but things that get on our nerves. We want to change those things about the world. But it starts with us. And here's an old parable. You know, you get old, when you got to take off your glasses to read. Anybody else got that problem? Uh, Here's an old parable that I heard uh, from Max Locato. I don't know where it actually came from, but uh, this is an old parable about this old woodcutter and this old woodcutter. He lived cutter. He lived in a tiny village. Although poor, he was envied by all the people in the village because he had this beautiful white horse. Even the king wanted this horse and the horse was like a horse that nobody had ever seen before. And people uh, just often came by and wanted to buy this horse from this old wood quarter, cutter but he would never part ways with it and he was poor and so that you can sell the horse even the king wants this horse you can sell the horse you wouldn't have to cut wood anymore your life would just be so perfect and it was even crazier because the way that he came about getting the horse is he had a few horses in his stable and one day this horse just showed up it just showed up so it cost him nothing well one day the townspeople came out to his village because, you know, they were messy. They were gossipy. They came out to his village, uh, came out to his, his farm, and they, was, they, they were scoffing at him. And they were telling him, man, you are poor. You need to sell this horse. Like, we've come together. It's just vexing all of us. You need to sell this horse because you, it's just bothering us, you poor, and you you sitting on all this money. And the woodcutter, the old man, he responded, don't speak too quickly. Don't make judgments. Don't worry about what's going on. I'm going to change Max Max Lucado to say it this way. Don't worry about what's going on. Don't worry about what's going on in my house. And so the poor man's son got up on the horse one day and tried to break the horse because it had never been ridden before. And he fell off and he broke his leg in two places. And so now the woodcutter can't even, uh, he's older now. He can't even make a living for himself because his son helped him out so much. He had a broken leg. And so the town people, here they come again. They go, listen, that, that horse was once a blessing. Now it's a curse. You should have got rid of that horse. And then you would have been able to make a living because you're going through all this stuff now because your son's leg is broken. And the old man, in his wisdom, he said, don't speak too quickly. Don't speak too quickly. Don't speak too quickly. You don't know God's plan. So the next day, the horse ran away. And so the townspeople came. And they said, now you've got a son with a broken leg. And you ain't got the horse no more. Your son should have never got up on that horse. Now he ain't scared the horse off. Man, you're so cursed, old man. And the old man said, don't speak too quickly. All you can say is that my son has a broken leg and that the horse is no longer in the stable. That's all you can say. Well, the next day, the king came to enlist men in the army to go fight in a foreign land. When They showed up and the son had fractures in his knee so he couldn't go fight. And so the townspeople said, man, that's such a blessing that your son broke his leg. (laughs) Falling off that horse was the best thing that could have happened to you. And the old man responded, don't speak too quickly. All you can say is that my son has a broken leg. And he's going to live to fight another day because he don't have to go off to war. Well, then the next day. The horse came back with five other horses, five other wild stallions, and the people came and said, this is such a blessing. I'll stop the story there. What's the moral of the story? It's, listen, life. Thank you, Zayden. I knew you were going to fit. No, I'm just joking. Life is long. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But we can't continue to look at life from our perspective and not see it from God's perspective because God has a perspective. I believe that old man got that perspective from God. Things that you're going on that are going on in your life right now, things are going on in your life right now that you feel like it's going to make you lose every single bit of your mind. You feel like you feel like you could just take me now, Lord, like there's nothing else that, 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 that can happen. But God has a bigger story he has a bigger plan and if we're living our life day by day trying to evaluate our life by the day we'll end up finding out that our life is going to be just j- j- just an anxious place anybody ever anybody ever anybody ever just got, went through something and you thought this was going to take you out and you got to plan to God, God, please, God, 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 please, 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 God, if you let me out of this one, I'll never do it again, God, God, please, God, please, right? And then God saw fit to let you see the other side of it, and you didn't die. The situation wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. Then you did a Holy Ghost shout, won't he do it, won't he do it? <laughs> hey, Shaba. And then another day passes and you, and you and you're happy with God and God is I'm pleased with God because my situation is looking good. Things are looking up and then something else happens and you lose it again. You know what? But the world looks at us and says about some of us Christians. Y'all look schizophrenic. Y'all look double minded, Because one day you're here, the next day you're here and then you're telling me come join Jesus when you're in this thing. And then when you're in the valley, you don't even talk to nobody. And culture has gotten us to a place, culture has gotten us to a place where we don't understand that life is long and full of trouble. And we've adopted this new theology. We've gotten rid, there's a magnet in this, we've gotten rid of the theology of suffering. And we've adopted this new theology that everything is supposed to always be all right. Culture has introduced to us this new way of thinking. Uh Uh-oh, they say he put his glasses back on, he's going to go sociologist mode. It's called moralistic therapeutic deism. Moralistic therapeutic deism. And I'm going to break it down to you each word, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what Jesus said against that, and then we're uh, going to hopefully repent, and we're going to move on, okay? moralistic, meaning God wants people to behave. We think that God is giving us more. God just wants people to be good. God just wants us to behave. God just wants us to do good. Right. And some of us would agree. I like, see some here is not. See, it's not so bad that, you know, sometimes truth is not so far off that, 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 that it just turns you off to it. Uh, uh, the Bible talks about Satan being an angel of light. Satan being beautiful. Lucifer was one of the most beautiful angels in heaven. And so sometimes we want we we think everything that's bad has horns and a pitchfork. Things that we are attracted to that will kill us look good. I'm going to keep on moving. Moralistic, therapeutic. Therapeutic says God wants people to be happy and well adjusted. Anybody ever heard that? I won't call no names, but y'all know somebody. Y'all know the person. Like they come on national TV and many Christians fall prey to this. I'm I'm just going to put it like this. Everybody got something under your seat. You know what I'm talking about? And people like this who are in a public spot, like and people look up to because they're billionaires, they say, they 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 say they say, Surely God wouldn't want you to suffer. And Christians buy it, hook, line, and sinker, that God don't want me to go through nothing. And if I'm going through something, that means that means that God is mad at me. And so then I need to get moralistic again. I need to start living right again. And when I start living right again, then God's gonna say, You know what? I like you again. And let me tell you something, God is bigger than you. Because that's how you treat people. Yeah. When I like what you're doing, I love you. When I don't like what you're doing, get out my face. Parents in the room, you know, them kids, you love your kids more than anything in the world. Them kids begin on your God Just go sit in a corner. <laughs> Anybody see that meme where the lady had all the kids lined up, even the baby in the little bassinet, sit in the corner, and the mendel need to say, What the baby do? <laughs> the baby was just breathing today. You breathing too much? You go in the corner with your sister. And so as long as you're doing good, as long as I can approve of your behavior, then I love you. I like you. Come over for dinner. But the moment that things get challenging and you start acting like humans act, I say, no, 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 no. I'm I'm crossing you off my list. And until you can act right and come and apologize thoroughly, I don't need you around. I cut people off is what I do. So therapeutic means. God wants you to be uh, happy and well adjusted. That means that I don't have people in my life that get on my nerves because God wants me to be happy and you're not making me happy. So soon and surely I need to cut you off because God just wants me to be happy. Listen, find me the scripture that says God wants you to be happy. (laughs) I've been reading it. I haven't seen it. Then the Bible says he will give us joy. He will give us peace. He will give us things. But happiness is conditional. God is not calling you to be happy. I'm going to preach before I get to the text. All right. Deism. Deism said there is a God, but he made the world and then left it alone. God wants, God isn't personally involved in the everyday lives of people. And this is when it goes south. Because Christians, we're 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 taking on this worldview, and 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 sociologists have identified this since 2005. This is the way that the world is going, and so we're 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 coupling up with the world, and we're believing like the world, and so it's crept into the church, and now we believe that the church believes that God, yes, surely God loves me, surely God is God, but He doesn't really care about the stuff that's going on in my life. God doesn't really care if this happens or that happens, and so now our worldview becomes skewed. And we believe God is smaller than God really is. And we believe that God is not involved in the lives of the people that follow him. You saying, Pastor, I don't know where you're going this morning. Uh, I don't know either. But um, if you turn with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 9, we're going to see what Jesus would say to people in this mindset. With this, everything needs to be going right. When things are going good, it's a blessing. When things are going bad, it's a curse. Mentality. Luke chapter 9. Give you a little bit of context. Jesus had just broke down to his disciples. Um, this is the reason that I came here. I'm about to go die for the sins of the world. I'm a res, I'm I'm I'm, I'm in three days. Listen, I'm gonna go die, but I'll be back. And Peter walked up to Jesus and said, God forbid. Peter had the mind. And listen, here's the thing. Peter was like the townsfolk. Right before Peter came to Jesus, and and, and the Bible tells us that he rebuked Jesus, right before that, the the last thing that came out of his mouth was, you are the Christ. He said, you are the Christ. Well, you going to have to go die? No, 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 Lord. God forbid. You don't do that. We need you around here. you the Messiah. You're supposed to be doing some stuff for us. And so Peter was double-minded. And right after that, Jesus said, Satan, get behind me. I'm going this way, fall in line, basically. Get behind me, Satan. You're not going to stop what's going on. Jesus had just called his beloved disciple Satan because Satan means anything that opposes. The Satan. He said, you're opposing me, so get get behind me. I got to go and do what I'm going to do. And so that's the context of what we're going to be reading this morning. OK. Luke 9, 23. And he said. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Now, if he would put this in the brochure, when he first started talking about fishes of men, I probably wasn't going to come. First, you got to deny yourself. Then you got to take up your cross. Then you got to take up your, your, your object of destruction. See, we wear crosses nowadays. They're cute. Oh, I got my baby this cross. It had these little swirlies on it. It was so cute. Back in the day, that would have been like, take up your lethal injection syringe. Take up your electric chair. I know Death Row Records made it cool, but I'm just talking. No no, 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 people don't wear electric chairs around their neck. Unless you should (laughs) ignite. Take up the thing that's going to destroy you. And not only destroy you, it's an object of humiliation. And not only is it an object of humiliation, you're going to die. Take that up. Pick it up. Put it on your back and follow me. See, you got to understand, the Romans were evil in the way that they crucified. It'd be one thing if they just got the prisoner, took him down, put him on the cross, and nailed him. They made him walk with the cross in public shame in front of everybody. Beaten, flogged. Now, everybody's looking at you going, yep, he's a murderer. Yep, he's a rapist. See, they weren't just killing people who uh, evaded on their taxes. No, no. They were crucifying people who were the worst of the worst. That's why Jesus was in between two. The Bible talks about them being robbers, but the, but, 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 but in, our, in, in our mindset, we think of somebody with a scheme as, give me your money. But most of the time, they were killing people for their stuff. That's why Barabbas, the Bible says Barabbas was a murderer. Jesus was in the middle. Of these people who did no wrong dying for the sins of the world, he says, You know what? You got to take up your cross and follow me. Verse 24. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the world? the whole world, and loses or forfeits himself. Other translators say, what would the gain? What, what is the gain in gaining the entire world and losing your soul? For whoever is ashamed of me, in my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father. And of his holy angels. Wow, that's a lot there to unpack. We're going to try to unpack it in the next 20, 25 minutes or so. And um, see what God does. Amen. And so first off, he says, he points us to laying down our lives. Laying down our lives. This is opposite to what the world says we're supposed to be doing. Do you know the number one topic on Amazon right now for books? Is people, Anybody buy paper books anymore? Most people are buying e-books nowadays, right? Some people still buy paper books. You like to flip the pages. You old school. I understand. I understand. I like to smell the pages. <laughs> but the number one, Amazon sells paper books too. The number one topic on Amazon is self-help. Billions of dollars in books every year are being presented and sold on self-help. We're always looking for ways to make ourselves better. We're always looking for ways to promote a better way of life. And sometimes, in some of us, different ways of life means different things. Different ways of life means different things. So for me, I grew up in a generation, a good life is having you a nice big car. Right? I'm from the hood. We like big Cadillacs, and then they want small cars. I understand that. I want a big Cadillac. Well, I turn the corner, and the front of the car is around the corner, the back of the car is still creeping. You know what I'm talking about? have you a big car, a big house, and it had to be two-story. I don't know why we grew up. You're like, I'm going to give me a two-story house when I grow up. And then you get old, like, I don't like walking up the stairs. <laughs> life changes. But a big two-story house, a beautiful wife, and when you come home, like, like you come home, you're like, that smell good. Cook. And the kids, the kids are well-behaved. The yard is perfectly manicured. And then you go, this is the life, right? Your job is so good, you show up and the supervisor just, he's just waiting on you to show up. Oh my God, I'm so glad you're here today. I want to tell you how good you did yesterday. We want that life. Or maybe some of us, we want to travel the world and see stuff and eat all exotic cuisines. and, And unless I'm doing that, this is not the, where I'm at right now is not life. Or I want to be doing my dream job. And when I'm doing my dream job, then things will be okay. But right now, I'm looking at this 9 to 5, working my way towards my dream job, and you 63, ready to retire. You're still waiting on your dream job. And not to say that your dream job is not bad. Anybody have their dream job? Don't raise your hand. But anybody in the room have their dream job? Okay, she got a dream job. Anybody? Is your dream job perfect? No. Most of the time, your dream job, you're like, it's still work. That's why they call it work. And so we have all these ideas of what life should be like, and, and, and anything opposes that, then, then, then it's not life at all. Well, Jesus just busted our bubble because he said, if any man will come after me, he must first deny himself, then take up his cross. And then he goes on to say, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake will save it. And what Jesus is saying here is, listen, I know you have this idea of what life is, but your life right now is really fragmented. And all the things that you will add to your life, all these different external things that you think will make your life better is really not going to make your life better. And so if you really want to obtain life, you need to lose it for my sake. You need to lose your life for my sake. You need to lay your life down at the altar for my sake. And then what will happen is he says, listen, you give me that fragment of life. I'll give you a real life. And guess what? That real life ain't nothing like you imagined. It's hard. It's challenging. That's why he prerequisited it by saying, take up your cross. Because unless you take up your cross, you're not going to want to live this new life. We talk all about the time, newness of life. Everybody wants to talk about newness of life, but nobody wants to talk about death. Everybody wants to talk about the goodness and how God brought them through, but no one wants to talk about the suffering. They went through in order to learn more about God when He brought them through. Man's life here on earth is short and full of troubles, full of strife, full of strain. I'm sorry I'm busting some people's paradigm. I know you rather went to the church this morning where they say, Get your keys, the house is coming. Ah, shout! <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, boo boo, the house might not come. The spouse might not change. That's just the reality of life. I'm not. Listen, I, I'm too scared of God to sit up here and sell you a bill of goods. Because that's easy. I don't understand it. When people treat church like the lottery, you come and sow and, oh, i going to grow. That brown. I'm going to be a poet. Didn't even know it. Bars. Right. You sow into the kingdom, you give God, you give God your best offering and watch God work. Well, what happens when God doesn't work? Then you're mad at me. But there's enough suckers in the room for that you be mad at me, you go someplace else. I still got enough suckers to pay for my Cadillac. And we take scriptures out of context, seed time and harvest time. You sow a seed, that job going to get better. That job might not get better. And God still wants you to follow him in the midst of a job that ain't good. He left his children of Israel in bondage for hundreds of years. And he said this, and they, they crying out. And God said, I'll be there in a minute. He told Israel when they went in into captivity, say, listen, 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 listen. This is what we want. Gonna... <laughs> Y'all didn't do what I told you to do. But watch this. Watch this. I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to rescue you. But make yourself comfortable. Build houses. Put some stakes down. Get, you know, put some St. Put, put, put uh, uh, Augustine in the yard and water it every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be here for a while. That's not, that's not the God that I've read about in the Bible. Christianity don't sound fun no more. You mean you want me even when the person's in my face, even when the person is yelling and even when the person is coming against me and then, you know, and I, I just want to sit there and I'm going to just take it and I'm going to have a Christian attitude about it. Mm-hmm. Jesus said if somebody slap you on your one cheek, look, y'all act like, like it's like that. No, that's not how they are slapping you, baby. They trying to knock the taste buds out your mouth. Try to knock the taste buds out your mouth. Say, this side hasn't been pecked yet. Someone wants to take your shirt, give them your coat too. Someone makes you, force you, a Roman soldier, those who use the spies tell you, take my bag because you had to do it by law. And go a mile, say, go the second mile. But we live in a country right now where everybody pulls out their cell phones and say, they shouldn't be treating you like that. They have no right to talk to you that way. And all it takes is them to say that they have no right to talk to you that way. And you already thinking they ain't got no right to talk to you that way. Now it's a party. And when two or three are gathered in his name, you're going to give them a Holy Ghost shout down. I'm sorry. I'll get back to the text. And so we see these three things that Jesus tells with these three steps. Denial, take up, and follow. All of these actions have this urgency to them. We act like, well, you know what, I'm going to deny myself in certain situations, but in other situations, I ain't necessarily got to deny myself because I haven't arrived yet. I haven't grown past some things yet. I'm challenged with this situation in my life right now, but you know what, by the time I get married, I'm going to have it together. You're going to take that right into your marriage. Why well, I have this situation going on right now at my job, but you're looking know, for this new job and, you know, I've been putting applications in. You're going to take that same situation to that new job. My kids can't really understand certain things right now, so I'm gonna change it by the time they listen. Your kids are picking up on it right now, and by the time they're 15, they're some boogers <laughs> because we haven't been willing to deny ourselves. We haven't been, listen, I want it now. We live in a culture right now where we can have anything at any given moment, anytime we want it. Am I lying? I ordered a book. Listen, I start classes Tuesday, right? I forgot my textbook. I forgot classes even started this week. And so I jumped online. I was like, oh, I got to order a book. Did you know they shipped out last night? I ordered it yesterday, shipped it last night. It's going to be home by the time I get there. That's crazy. I remember back in the day, you wanted a textbook. You went up to the Barnes and Nobles or whatever, and you, they said, we ain't got it in stock. You said, can you order it for me? They said, come back in a week. We don't got to do with that no more. Amazon Prime will bring stuff to your house. I love them. H-E-B curbside. Emory said, will you go to the grocery store for me? I said, it's a curbside. Because I'm not going in the store. The devil's in the store. Yeah. We got instant gratification. And we expect God to be a microwave God. And to show up in the midst of our situation. And God says, no, 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 no. You know, you understand something. Listen, Jesus... Lethal ejection would have been easy. Jesus was tortured all night long, lost of blood. The Bible say that he was sweating blood, and so then they started beating him with his cat 9 tails that was ripping the stripes off his back. He was so marred. The Bible says he was marred beyond recognition. Like, Jesus was brutally beaten, and this is the thing that he's telling the disciples. He's giving them a foreshadowing. He's saying, listen, you're going to have to go through some suffering. Jesus, the man who knew no sin, took on every sin of the world so that he can get life. And he says, if you want life, you're going to have to go through the same mechanism I went through to get newness of life. So thank God. Listen, 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 please. Thank God that we don't have to endure what Jesus endured. That's why he says, take my yoke upon you because my yoke is I took on your heavy burden and gave you a lighter one. And the only thing that you got to worry about is when somebody get on your feelings. When someone comes against, so they have the nerve to say they, they, they have the nerve to talk about me. They talked about Jesus, and not only were they talking about him, he was wearing his cross. They were mocking him in the street. The Bible says they were punching him in the face and whipping the. the hey, did anybody have a hair whipped out of your face? It make your eyes water up. They say he was wipe, ripping chunks. Of his beard and then they put him on this cross this is where we actually get the word excruciating from he was inextricably suffering on this cross being stretched out where his body the way that they nailed him you, you, you can't breathe you're actually suffocating yourself and you're trying to force yourself up and so that's why at the end of the day they were come and they would just break their their knees to, just, 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 just to kill him and probably water was filling up in his lungs and he's literally drowning on the cross and you say man that's up but it's not even the worst part of it it's not even the worst part of it the worst part of it was the wrath of god was being poured out on him because the sins of the world was inside of him and that's why he was screaming out my god my god why have you forsaken me Jesus being one with God, Jesus being God. The Bible in Colossians said that all things were made for him and by him. Jesus is the creator of all things. He decided to step down into creation and be a man like us and walk like us so that he can, he can, he can be a perfect high priest. He decided to do all that. You know what that took from him? Denying of himself. And so if you're going to follow him, you're going to have to deny yourself, baby. You're going to have to give Listen, listen, listen. I know some of y'all mad at me right now. You have to give up some of your dreams, ideals. I know sometimes we be trying to fit Jesus in like Jesus is our plus one. Jesus is my co-pilot. Don't ever say that. Jesus is the plane, baby. And God is looking for some sold out believers. Some people who are saying, you know what? I'm willing to take up my cross, deny myself first, take up my cross and follow after you. Where you're going? Jesus said, for right now, I'm going to death. Right now, I got to go. Jesus said, listen, don't don't start being heretical up in here. These are just words. Jesus said, I'm going to punch death in the mouth real quick. That's why the Bible says, oh, death, where is your sting? Because Jesus has handled it. But if you want to get to that newness of life, you got to step across that threshold of self. Do you know why we sin so much? Because we love it. Love yourself. I know. I know you love some you. I love me some me. But Jesus came to set us free from the bondage of, 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 of not having life and, 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 and inheriting this death. That's why he says, listen, if you want to gain life, I know it's backwards. I know it seems crazy. You got to step across this threshold. You got to give your life up and you'll gain the life that you were really meant to have. But we're so messed up because of sin. Our thinking is so challenged that we think that this over here is better than that over there. I use this illustration before parents in the room, you'll appreciate this. Ever gave that baby a french fry? And that baby had ate their french, uh, it was mashed potatoes in the hand. It's just like, that french fries is this. And then you want to give them a brand new, fresh, golden french fry. But they don't want to let go of that french fry that's in their hand. It's cold. It's soggy. They want to give you some. I don't want none of that. That's not life. That's not life-giving. That needs to go in the trash. But you want to give them something new. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, listen, you let go of that. I can give you this. Another illustration: the monkey with his hand in the cookie jar. He really wants that cookie, but he can't pull a handful of cookies out of the jar. And so what he has to do is have to let some go, but he don't know that he needs to let some go, and so his hand is stuck in the jar and he ain't get no cookies. No cookies for you. No cookies for you. And so you have to deny yourself. Deny yourself means that there will be opposition. Jesus points out in verse 25, he points out this inter- these internal things, internal things. In 26, he ver- points out these external things. Right? In 25, he's pointing out the internal. What is inside of you? You have to forfeit yourself. You have to forfeit yourself. In 26, he talks about if you have to forfeit yourself to these things, watch this. Whoever is ashamed of my words, of him will the son of man be ashamed when he comes in glory with his father and the holy angels. Now, one thing that we don't realize, I know y'all didn't come to church for this this morning. One thing we don't realize when Jesus comes back, Jesus is not coming back as a suffering. servant; He's coming back as a conquering king. Y'all need to hear this. If I don't preach the whole counsel of God, then I'm wrong. So I can teach, yeah, we, we'll go back to get something in your hand next week and love the, hey, but right now, listen, if, when he comes back, he's coming back for retribution. Some translations say, when I come back, I'm going to repay. When Jesus comes back, listen to this, listen to this. This is a gospel story encapsulated in sin. God made a remedy for sin. Sin means that if you sin, you shall surely die. If you surely sin, if you sin, you shall surely be separated from God for all of eternity. And so, this is what God is saying: I'm going to send a remedy for you. So He sends His remedy in Jesus. And so, Jesus came as a meek sheep. He came as 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 as, a, as the shepherd. He came as a servant. He came and He washed people's feet, and He was saying, "I'm going to draw people unto Me." But listen, when He comes back, He's coming back for retribution. He's coming back to make a promise on the things that. That 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 he that, that he said he would do way back in Genesis. I don't know about y'all parents nowadays, but back in the day, my mama used to leave us at home by ourselves. I think it was legal to do that. You can't do that no more. You go put, put in jail probably right now. But mama used to go all day long on a Saturday and left us at the house to clean. Anybody had them parents? Left you at the house to clean, and she would say, "When I get to the house, this house better be clean." Don't know what's wrong with y'all. Y'all just been running around this house, man. And I used, to, I used to have a little smart map. I used to in my head. I don't know why you had me then. I'm just going to clean up all the time. Right? And she was coming back home. You never knew quite when she was coming home, but you knew that she was going to come home in some hours. But there were video games and stuff in the yard to play with and stuff to do while she was gone. There was dishes in the sink. That's cool. I'm going to get to them right before she get here. There's this stuff going on. I'm going to get to that right before she get here. And then you see that car coming way down the street. And you know good and well, you ain't cleaned up. And see, my mom was slow with it. She used to always come back. She had this hatchback. She used to go to Mervyn's and we, <laughs> put my mom business in the street. She'd go to Mervin's, and a Mervyn's card and come back with stuff and bags. And, and so you see us. You put in this long drive. We had this long driveway right there on Rosewood. And she's hoping the hatchback. And she start getting stuff. And you know you had about like five, ten minutes before she got in the house. And so you start running just throwing stuff. At, you know, throwing dishes up to the cabinets. You know, you trying to. you're wiping stuff down. My mom was slick, too. She was slick, too. She coming in. There. Oh, you got to clean in there, huh? No, no, you don't got to open that drawer. Ain't nothing enough for you. Ain't nothing enough for you. That pan with eggs in it all up under the sink. You thought you was going to get away with this? Stuff that's thrown under the bed, but you had to throw it far under the bed. So, you know, when they do like this, they can't see. They got to get all the way down to see. Anybody else in the room? but we knew mama was coming and that was going to be a day of reckoning when she got back. And so we needed to do some things by the time that she got back, because when she got back, there was going to be a price to pay. People say, I don't I, I don't think Jesus would do that. Have you met the Jesus of the Bible? Did you see what Jesus went through for you? And the fact that he went through that for you should be enough for you to say that he loves you. And so when he comes back, He's obligated. Listen, he is the word. He's obligated to follow his word because if he doesn't follow his word, then he ceases to be God because God cannot lie. And so because he said that thing, he has to fulfill it. Help us, Lord. So why is the church in the state that the church is in? And I'm wrapping up. Because we haven't seen Jesus at the center of everything. We haven't denied ourselves we want our cake and eat it too we want to hold on to this life and not suffer and have jesus as a security blanket and jesus like that's not that's not gonna fly so we are living in a season, church of grace we're living in this dispensation of grace i don't know how much longer it's gonna last but that sky will open up one day and the Bible says it could be in the twinkling of an eye. And so I don't know what you're doing right now, but Jesus ain't waiting on your plus one. I can remember when we first got saved. it's a long time ago. Martin, you so crazy was in the theater. The comedy thing. And I was, I, 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 I was so just dogmatic Christian. I remember we went to that and I was sitting up in there and I was just nervous the whole time. Sweating, what if Jesus come back while well, I'm up here watching this? <laughs> ha, you so crazy. What if Jesus come back? I couldn't even enjoy the movie. Not that there was grace. To... <laughs> but the reality, that's the reality we need to live in. Now, listen, if you're a believer, if you've given your life, if you trusted your life to Jesus Christ, listen, 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 you ain't got to worry. Be walking around here in fear. You don't have to be, be doing that. But what God has called us to do, listen, my wife posted this the other day on social media. I loved it. It said how sad it is. We live in a world where the world is called Christian di- discipline or di- uh, discipleship uh, legality. And so as believers, we I, I'm have messed up the quote. It's OK. Obedience, legality. There you go. That's even better. You want a deep word? You want a word that just kind of uh, try obedience. It vexes my spirit. And I'm closing. I have some more to talk about. We'll finish up next week because we got some more tough sayings about Jesus. It hurts my heart. It really does. To see the state of the church, it does. We've conformed to the world. We've conformed to world standards. Now, listen, I'm not talking about dogma. I'm not talking about I'm just talking about as far as. Our personal walk, with God, I'm not talking about what you're shouting down the street at everybody else. Turn or burn. God hates this and God doesn't want that. I'm talking about for your own personal walk. I talk to Christians all the time. But man, what's God showing you in the word lately? Man, you know, it's been a while since I really cracked open the Bible. And not that God is going to zap you. But how can you know what God requires of you if you're not in his word getting life from his word? And so what happens is we settle for counterfeits. I see it all the time. I see posts all the time on social media. Woo, that's a word. I'm like, that's not even a word. That's not even in the Bible. <laughs> Whoa, that made me feel so good. Oh, oh won't he do it? That's not even a word. You just, that was a nursery rhyme. <laughs> and we don't know counterfeit from the real no more. Because we have refused to deny ourselves. Because the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, I'd rather go on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram to see how many likes I got last night instead of waking up, turning over, and getting my knees and say, God, thank you for another day. That's obedience. That's, That's Christian discipline right there. The first app you should hit in the morning, I'm, I'm just, listen, listen, listen. This is not a rule. If you don't do this, you're not dying. I, I, I need to say that because some people say, you said this and I, I, My word is not God's word. But for me, the first app you should be hitting in the morning is the Bible app. Before you see how many likes you got. And listen, I'm a, I'm, I'm a YouTuber. Y'all didn't know that, did y'all? It's a temptation. You post the night before, you got 12 views. ooh <laughs> I'm going to let them sleep on that. When I break up in the morning, it better be forty events. it better be forty. How many people like it? How many comments? Like uh, I got a, it's a temptation because you put it out there, you want people to like your stuff. I get that. 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 But that can't be the first thing I do. Sean Weekly YouTube subscribe. <laughs> Give me a couple of likes. Give me a couple of likes. Do as I say, not as I preach. Okay. But God is calling us higher. Jesus is calling us to deny ourselves. Jesus is calling us to look towards the things that he says are life and not the things that we say are life. And here's the urgency in this. If we continue, if we continue, if we continue, if we continue to try to get the most out of life, that is not what God says is life. The Bible says you will lose your soul. And so for the next few moments, for the next few moments, I don't even want to give us an application point today. I just want us to worship for the next few moments. I want the center of your gaze to be on Jesus for the next few moments. As the worship team comes to lead us in song, I want you to just put your full focus on Jesus right now. Thinking about the suffering that he went through. Thinking about the fact that while he was suffering, he had his mind on you. He had his mind on this church. He had his mind on the people outside the walls of this church that need love, that need to know him, that need to understand that God is not mad at them, He's not angry at them. And he sent his son to die for them. But listen, if they don't accept that sacrifice that Jesus has given to them, they're left to their own devices and they got to face God as themselves. Think about that for the next few moments as we worship. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at Church.